took a minute to get in. And I'm so glad to be here. Yay! Happy Masterful Living. Wow! We're so close to the end of the year. It's amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So let's have that beautiful prayer together. We take a breath of love and gratitude, so grateful and thankful to open our hearts and open our minds to infinite love, divine intelligence, pure wisdom. We are grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to remember and recognize our true nature is the perfect love of God. It is the mighty I am presence. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to that infinite prosperity, infinite wholeness, infinite wisdom, infinite clarity. It is our inheritance. And we gather together to claim it. We gather together to say yes to unprecedented joy. Living a life of joy is our destiny, and we are choosing it now. We are grateful and thankful to share the benefits with everyone because we are one with them. We're grateful and thankful to let our healing be, truly be. In gratitude, we know it's done, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Ah. Yes, yes, yes. All right, well, let's see. So uh, there are a number of things I'd love to cover, and I also want to make sure I answer any questions that you might have uh, while we're speeding towards the end of the year here. And... I'd like to start by saying I think the most valuable thing that I'd like you to take away from Masterful Living is that when we judge another person, it it really is a statement that we don't trust and have faith in the divine, in Spirit in the mighty God presence that's literally anchored in every one of our hearts and all of creation. So when we are judging, we're doubting that that God is perfect and God is real. That's what we're doing when we're judging ourselves and we're judging others. We're doubting that God is powerful, God is real, God is true. And we're really projecting our own thoughts about ourselves onto spirit and onto other people. And whenever we would like to, we can, instead of judging somebody else or even ourselves, we can talk to the mighty I am presence of that person And we can talk to our own higher Holy Spirit self, which is the mighty I Am Presence. And we can call into being because our mind is the mind of God and we are fully endowed with the power of love. We can call into being expressions of perfection and wholeness and beauty and truth. 
and that really our great opportunity in this life and we could say our impetus is to do only that, is to, in a sense, right all the appearance of wrongs by seeing them correctly, by changing our mind about them. And that this is the ideal use of our mind, is to see everything correctly. And what does it take to see everything correctly? What's required in order for us to be able to do that? It's just that willingness. We really can give the heavy lifting to spirit. And whenever we choose instead to judge, we cause our suffering, no matter how slight the opinion. And um, it's not that we don't have opinions. It's not that we don't have judgments. It's that we don't have an attachment to them. So we realize, oh, there I am judging that. I'm not interested in doing that anymore. And that's the, the practice of masterful living is to give up all the attachments to the patterns and habits of choosing thoughts of lack, attack, limitation, and separation. And to learn that our freedom comes from loving ourselves and loving others and extending compassion. Extending compassion instead of judging. And that our speed healing method is forgiveness. And forgiveness is consciously being willing to relinquish our attachment to the meaning we've made of things, to the interpretation that we have of things. And that as we do that, we get to remember our true identity. And that the more dedicated we are and the more willing we are, the faster we get to what I call that tipping point of getting to where we're 51% positive, loving, kind, generous, patient. And uh, then once we get to that tipping point, it's so much easier from there. And so that's my goal for everyone in Masterful Living is to get to that tipping point and then we can go on from there. And so sometimes in order to get to that tipping point, it it really can mean that we go through phases where it seems really difficult and we realize that we are extremely attached to the meaning we've made of things, extremely attached to the suffering, uh, the thoughts that cause suffering. And um, many of us find ourselves in the position of we're perfectly willing to suffer as long as we can hold on to our judgments and opinions. And um, I remember one time having a counseling session with someone who uh, came right to that space and just said, I said, do you see that the suffering that you're experiencing is because you're not willing to forgive? And... Um, if you like, I can help you and you can move into that forgiveness. And they said, yes, I see it. I see that I am the cause of my own suffering. And I said, would you like to move into the forgiveness? Nope, not willing to do that at this time. 
And I said, and so you'd rather, you really would rather suffer, even though your anger at the other person is not uh, really, uh, it's, it's ruining your life more than it is theirs. Uh, you don't want to let it go? Don't want to let it go. And I have felt that way, that this is my little treasure, my anger, my upset, my resentment, and that I was willing to delay my happiness and experience misery. There was a sense of this is my power, that this is my misguided delight, that I have the power to make myself so unhappy. And, um, of course, it does affect other people because all minds are joined. And that's why when we do the release in our own mind, uh, others are released as well. And it's so extraordinary and wonderful. It's such a beautiful, beautiful gift that we can give to ourselves and to others. It's absolutely magnificent. So to me, these uh, principles, these truths, these tools are all about these fundamental things that are what lead us to liberation. So last week, uh, Sheila was sharing and and Sean was sharing how through their active practice of forgiveness and using the tools that they learned in Masterful Living and applying them, the tools of forgiveness, the tools of compassion, the tools of uh, learning to have trust and faith, that through these things they were able to heal chronic pain and addiction and move into much higher levels of happiness and much greater peace. And uh, I've been talking to many of you as you're finishing up the year and so many beautiful statements of your amazement at what you've accomplished this year. I think that's one of the most fun, fun things for me is how sometimes it, it, people don't even realize it till they're talking with me and we're harvesting the learning that, uh, oh my gosh, I had this benefit and that benefit and this one and that one and um, so much, so much that we don't even recognize. So one of the things I really encourage you to begin to do as part of your daily spiritual practice, if you haven't already, to give thanks. To give thanks for the guides and angels who walk with you every day. To give thanks for every little bit of learning and expansion and clarity and freedom and peace. Uh, to give thanks again and again and again because gratitude really does multiply the good. It multiplies it in in infinite number of ways. It does, it does. Ah, yes. So before I go any further, does anyone have anything they'd like to share? Star two to raise your hand if you'd like to share any end of the year gratitude or insights or challenges, anything that uh, you might like to share with me in the class today.
Any questions? All right. So uh, something else I'd like to share that I feel is extremely important as we're coming to the close of this year is uh, a reminder that you can re-listen to these classes at any time. The downloads aren't going anywhere. The transcripts aren't going anywhere. These things belong to you, and uh, we, we're not taking them down, so you don't have to uh, ever concern yourself about getting access if you ever um, would like help regaining uh, access if you lose your password or something like that, uh, we can help you. And I do encourage you to listen again. One of the things that so many people have told me over the years is that going back to the beginning and re-listening, uh, they hear so much more than they uh, heard before. And uh, that's one of the beauties about repeating the class. Uh, it's also, if you're going into the year two class, you'll have access to the year one class. So uh, anything you can do to um, continue to listen, you'll, just, you'll hear things you did not hear before because your mind wasn't open to them then, but it's open now. And um, it brings enormous benefit. Uh, and I can see right now that we've got a few people who are in year two who are listening. We've got people in year three who are listening. And um, the reason they're listening, I'm sure, is because they hear new things all the time. And, uh, and that's valuable to them. I hear new things all the time going over uh, similar material year after year. And I, I don't ever get bored of it. And uh, I did the first Masterful Living in 2009. So this is the seventh year. Next year is the eighth year. And uh, I, I really don't ever get tired of it. One of the main things uh, about Masterful Living is it's a path of developing trust and faith. So just to remind you, one of the key points in building trust and faith, uh, and we remember we had all those trust and faith classes early in the year. I, I do encourage you to review those. Those are the you know the basic building blocks. And so one of the most basic things about trust and faith is that faith is really is part of our true nature. I, I remember I was in college or ministerial school um, writing about faith and saying that um, while the Bible says it talks about believing, it's really, to me, it's about knowing. Faith is about knowing and trust is about believing. So Remember, I've said all beliefs are false, and we don't know 
our beliefs. We believe our beliefs, um, which means we invest our attention in them. We invest our trust in our beliefs. But faith, I believe, is what we know, and our knowing, we know the truth. We don't believe the truth. We don't trust the truth. We know the truth. And that's what sets us free. And I believe that faith is knowing the truth. It's knowing that God is, that God is permanent, God is real, God is infinite and eternal, God is only loving, ever loving, omnipresent, omnipotent, omniactive love. That's what God is. And that's our true identity. And our faith is the knowing of that. And that there is no other power, just the power of love. There's no other power. That's what faith is. Trust is a willingness to act as if we knew it and to say, you know what, I believe it or I'd like to believe it, I'm willing to believe it, but I'm not quite all the way to faith, I'm in trust. So trust is something that we practice moment by moment, day by day, by saying, okay, I'm willing to move forward and place my trust in love instead of the ego. So what's key here is in every single moment, we are placing our trust in something. It's either love or ego. It's either unity or separation. Always. It's either placing our trust and faith in the perfection and the wholeness and the beauty and the truth of love and God in us or we're placing our trust in our opinions and our judgments. Those are the choices. So in every moment, if you think about it, when you are feeling that divine alarm clock going off and that upset happening, then you've got your trust in the ego. And you can say to the higher self, okay, I'm ready to flip the switch and place my faith in love. I'm not going to trust in the ego anymore. Faith in love. And uh, that's how we invest our free will choice. And by doing that, we're aligning with divine will. And that's how we activate so much healing in our life by cultivating that ability to really have trust and faith. So we might not be all the way to faith, but we can stand in trust no matter what. And that was one of the main things that I did that got me to that 51%. That tipping point was I would be faced with things where I think, well, I have no idea how I'm going to pay my rent this month. I have no idea how this is going to happen or how that's going to happen. But I would stand in faith that I was being led and guided no matter what 
everything was working together for my good. There are no exceptions. So I don't have to wonder and I don't have to worry. I can just relax into knowing that all is well because everything's working to my for my good. There's just not one exception, so why would I worry? There's nothing to worry about. Everything's working together for my good. It would be insane to worry if you knew everything was working together for your good. Why would you worry? Just wouldn't even make sense. It just truly would not. When we have true faith, we don't have to take precautions for being let down. It, when we have true faith, we don't have any attachments. We don't need any attachments. We've got the love of God supporting us. Why would we wish to have any attachments? Completely unnecessary. Only weighing us to the ground, so to speak, tethering us to density. Opinions and judgments just tether us to density. They tie us, tie us to it mentally. And so that's why the more we give up our opinions and judgments, the lighter we feel. The more we give them up, the lighter we feel. I'm wondering if anybody here would like to share any kind of gratitude or testimonial uh, demonstrating, sharing uh, their experience this year, what they're recognizing that they're grateful for. Star two to raise your hand if you'd like to share. We've got Alexa raising her hand here. Hey, Alexa. Hi, Jennifer. Yeah, I, I would love to express gratitude. Um, I was just thinking it anyway and feeling it, and then you said it. Um, I just <laughs> this has been a really um, a miraculous year <laughs> for sure. Um, and mm -hmm. just you know, even us talking the other day, um, and you just mentioned like kind of in talking to you. Um, realizing all of the changes that have happened, um, it was really nice to kind of, you know, hear myself as you prompted, <laughs> um, you know, remember and recall all of the changes because there has been. And, and you know, the flushing, just the constant flushing up, but really noticing a consistency now that I never, ever in my life had had before um, and having a, an actual daily moment-by-moment -moment spiritual practice um, you know, I, I completely owe to Masterful Living and um, and to you. And i just so grateful for the community, to everyone that's always on the call listening or replaying or in the Facebook groups or just any anyone. Yeah, I've noticed some new people recently that are starting to speak up, and it's beautiful. So um, mm. I, 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 I just want to express so much gratitude. So thank you very, very much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And because it's helpful to other people, um, what what uh, would you be willing to share some of your uh, tangible manifestations this year that have surprised you and impressed you? 
Um, absolutely. Um, you know, some of what um, came up with a lot of flushing, um, I, I went through a really large um, kind of falling away. I was telling you of self-concept and, and just really surrendering and asking, you know, to have all my relationships, um, my special relationships to be um, become holy relationships. And I had um, a, a relationship I had been in for almost 10 years um, <laughs> changed to a holy relationship. We're not together in the same way anymore, but it's, it was the most beautiful kind of, I don't call it a breakup. It was more of a breakthrough. Um, but uh, I, I, without those tools, and actually um, before I had started Masterful Living, there was a, a moment of me trying to kind of make things happen um in in that way and it would have just not have been pleasant at all (laughs) so um thankfully for masterful living um and just working all the tools like when when this this change kind of occurred it was just absolutely beautiful and loving um i've had lots of manifestations physically in form as far as my job, which is currently still in another flux, but I have a whole new attitude with it. I got two raises within a week during the year at one point, um, and then realized that I really didn't have as much of an attachment to what I was doing anymore, and I just kept asking if this is really helpful, if this is where mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be, let it be known, and, and it's in a new change as we speak, so we'll see where that goes. Um yeah, just, I mean, a car came into my life, a new living situation came into my life, and just beautiful um, spiritual living um, situation. So, yeah, there's just, there's, it's so many, <laughs> so many. Yeah. And, yeah. and just really, and, and being okay with however it looks, that's what I really learned. Um, and I think mm-hmm. just by reading the course or doing, you know, the workbook lessons, et cetera, um, I wouldn't have completely grasped that on my own, but really hearing you constantly saying, like, it might change in form and it might not, but that's not really the point, <laughs> you know, and I, I just have such a peace with that now. Mm. What would you say, I mean, it feels like you you you, you were just indicating it, but what what would you say, Alexa, is the key to your success? I would say that it's been the the daily work, the the constant mindfulness of the daily work, um, and and not being so hard on myself, being gentle, and and realizing mm-hmm. that it is a process, and that you know eventually learning that it's you know it's it's all perfectly planned, but not getting to the point of going, oh, well, I didn't do my journaling this morning or, I, you know, I didn't do my morning I am prayers or my morning water. I mean, just even the small things like that, if I only got, you know, if I didn't get to do the whole journaling or I, I recorded, you know, some of the prayers on my phone so that I could just play them if I didn't necessarily have time to sit and read them so I'd be kind of in motion or whatever I was doing. But just that that, mm-hmm. that daily commitment to myself, the commitment, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and having – and having that that community and, and have my prayer partner, Rosemary, so beautiful, so gorgeous. Thank you, Rosemary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just, you know, just having that. I had never experienced something like that before. I've never really shared in kind of a community like this. So, um, yeah, that that consistency, that commitment, daily moment-by-moment commitment, it just strengthened, you know. It just – there were some weeks that it was just really off, and I was like, okay, time to quit now you know I, I i haven't you know i missed it a couple of days or i missed it a couple of weeks and then it was like 
no, keep going, keep going. And I told you this on the our talk, too. When you said that, it was early in the year. I don't even actually know if it was during Masterful Living, but when you just said, you know, it's I am doing it, you tell that ego, like, yeah. I am shifting, it is happening, um, you know, and, and it, it's, yeah, just having that reminder come up for me and go, nope, 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 you're doing it, you're doing it, it's happening. <laughs> it might not look like it right now, but it's happening. And that, that support, so, yes. <laughs> yes, that's such a demonstration of the trust and faith there, that, that mm-hmm. learning that practice, of regardless of appearances, I'm not going to be moved. I know the healing's happening. I will not be moved from that. Mm-hmm. You know, it is happening. Yeah. I am doing it. It's being done by me. Ego, sit down, watch and learn. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Alexa. All right. And we have Linda raising her hand here. Linda, you're a wonderful, beautiful facilitator, one of the uh, wonderful facilitators. Hey, Linda. Hi. Um, I just wanted to share that um, my life would be completely different if I believe if I had not started Masterful Living and the journey that I've um, been on with you for these last three and a half years. And um, I just, I was talking to the spiritual counselors earlier today and um, talking about how in doing the sessions that we've been doing with each other with the trading um how I'm noticing things coming up and it's like your stuff is in your face all the time. Mm-hmm. And it, how it was a little disconcerting and it was a little um off putting and I was feeling like I was sliding backwards a little bit. And then mm-hmm. I realized no, what it really was is like a reminder of where I was and how far I have come. And um, and so now when the stuff comes up, I can be grateful for it and not go to that place of, oh, my gosh, why is this coming up again, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just, um, I mean, I've just seen so many miracles um, in this past year alone, um, like the beginning of the year, being put on an antidepressant and my whole meaning I was making around that of um, because I had been on them years and years ago and I was on them for many years. And this time I was only on it for, I think it was less than a month. I just needed that little boost and Mm -hmm. pull myself out and, you know, just that one little miracle. And then the whole thing about when my hot water tank went, I think I already mentioned it on this class one time before, but, um, and, you know, not having the money for a new hot water tank and just going to spirit and going, I have no idea how this is going to happen, but you're, you're in charge because I can't do it. (laughs) And then having somebody give us a brand new hot water tank, um, there's just, there's so many miracles that have occurred 
in the last three and a half years that I can't name them all, but I've, I'm grateful for um, you and for Masterful Living, um, that Spirit gave that to you, and um, mm. and for our community. Um, I would not be where I am today without it, I don't believe, so thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Linda. You're such a, an important pillar and, and rock in this community and your support. And uh, I, I will remind people that uh, Linda's one of the spiritual counselors in training who's uh, working for her certification. Uh, Carla, who's one of your facilitators, Lori, uh, they're uh, working towards their certification. And uh, there's other ones in training as well. And uh, you can make use of that uh, uh, and and book with them and do a session on a love offering basis. And I'll just mention here, I know I've mentioned it before, but how do you figure out what a love offering is or what's appropriate? Well, you tune in to spirit and spirit will lead you and guide you and then trusting that. Um, but I do wish to encourage everybody uh, regardless of what your plans are for next year in the Masterful Living community that you consider working with uh, Linda or one of the other counselors because um, I, I hear such good reports, uh, especially as I'm doing the end of the year one-on-ones. So um, just thank you for all your beautiful service and your your love and your light, Linda. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, everybody. Love you all. Merry mm-hmm. Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas. <laughs> ah, yeah. That's the thing is when we let go of our judgments, we meet the most wonderful people. And um, you know, one of the things that some people say early in the year in Masterful Living is they have as a goal to meet and make like-minded friends uh, who are on a spiritual path and can have the the kind of loving conversations without complaining and, and talk about what they're learning. And Masterful Living uh, often provides that for people. And as people become that more loving, generous, open space, they just naturally magnetize and attract other people who'd like to be their friends who are of a similar interest, values, and nature. And that's, that's pretty lovely. Uh, anybody else? Start to raise your hand if you'd like to share, ask a question. Because uh, coming down to the wire here, if you've got questions, <laughs> And um, we've got Anne writing in. She says, Jennifer, in the December 12th class, Sheila gave a testimony of no longer having chronic pain. She also mentioned tinnitus. I missed whether she said she also was cured of the tinnitus. I would like to know this as one of my best friends has this condition. Thank you, Anne. Um I don't remember her saying 
that she was cured of the tinnitus. Trying to recall what she said about that. Um, I think Sheila Wilson is, is she's not on the call right now as far as I can tell. I think she's in the Facebook group. So you might uh, put a post in there and use her name, Sheila Wilson, S-H-E-L-I-A. Uh, I had an uh, Aunt Sheila who spelled her name S-H-E-I-L-A. So, um, but Sheila is S-H-E-L-I-A. Um, I don't recall the answer to that. Um Let's see. <laughs> All right. <sighs> this is need to spirit here. For those who were asking and wondering about year two, um, I sent out an email today, and uh, so with a lot of detail about the class. So look for that email, and uh, that, that ought to answer most of your questions. If it doesn't, like I say in the email, you can write to me at mlc2 at jenniferhadley.com. Um, I think pretty much most of the one-on-one -on -one time that I made, I see there's still oh, six or eight maybe appointments left um, for um, next week and this week to do one-on-ones. Um, and... Uh, if we need to, we can definitely go into the new year because that is one of my favorite things to be able to talk with you one on one. Um, if you uh, are not seeing any appointments that queue up to your time zone, you can really just shoot me an email, mlc at jenniferhadley.com, and we can make special arrangements. Um, I only do some, uh, I don't do a lot of appointments in the morning or in the evening. I do most of them in the afternoon, and that doesn't work for everybody, which I totally understand, and I am completely willing and eager to make a time that will suit you. So just let me know, and we'll figure that out. So one of the things that I had uh, invited you to think about, and, and I, I really invite you to put quite a great deal of contemplation into this, asking your higher Holy Spirit self to inform you and help you to really see the answer here. Uh, but the question is, what are the things that you could do or stop doing that would really, truly improve the quality of your life. So um, I, uh, I love being able to ask this question because many times just that inquiry 
it will prompt us to hear what our spirit's been trying to tell us all along. And I wrote an email recently that I was coaching someone and um, that I've been working with for years, and I I just asked them, what is the one thing that you could really do or not do uh, next year that would absolutely change the quality of your life? And without hesitation, uh, the answer came in, and it was something very practical, uh, something that they'd been re- resisting for a long time, uh, it related to their work and in, a, in an area of their work where they were feeling slightly challenged, and it was making them feel a bit like a failure and creating ripple effects, and they said, I would get that handled. And they didn't immediately know how to get that issue handled. But the clarity of, wow, if I got that handled, that literally would improve the quality of my whole life if I got that handled. And just by that recognition, they they had a new understanding of how they could love themselves and that that love for themselves being expressed, being felt would change how their children felt, change how their sweetheart felt, change how their co-workers felt. And it just ripples and ripples and ripples. So that's the invitation. What is something that you could either stop doing or start doing that would really improve the quality of your life? Uh, For many people, it can often have to do with some kind of organizing, some kind of uh, planning, some kind of clearing, some kind of opening to levels of support that is profoundly healing. And Rosalind's uh, raising her hand here. Hey, Rosalind. Hey, Jennifer. I realized something the other day that I feel is super important, and that Mm. I have a tendency to evaluate that still small voice and see whether I think it's important enough. And Mm. um, it came up um, uh, when my eyes were burning one morning, and I realized not only was I working on my computer, ignoring the voice that said put eye drops in, but I actually Mm. heard it in the middle of the night as I was going to the bathroom that said put some eye drops in. And I just... uh, listened and didn't and decided not to, I heard it and decided not to listen and then I thought you know what I'm hearing this all day long and yes my life has been transformed by my listening but can you imagine if I listened to all of it mm. I, mean, I, I am I am blown away I mean there are voices that say serve this cook that put that in the food don't put that in the food 
I mean, it goes on all day long, and I've been evaluating it first in, like, should I listen to you or should I listen to my ego? I mean, who should I listen to? And I'm, I think I really want to commit to stopping the evaluation and just listening. I know the tone of that voice. I know it's mm-hmm. not my ego saying, put eye drops in. Um, <laughs> I know who's saying that. And sometimes I feel like even when I'm cooking, that I become more honorable when I listen to that. It's like, don't put that in my husband's food. If he knew, he would really prefer not to have it that way, You know, even though it might taste better with that ingredient. Don't put it in. I mean, I get messages all the time, and it's like the earlier judgments. Um, they aren't free. So uh, just listen, <laughs> and then I won't have to pay later for not listening with burnt eyes. So that's my mm. Yes. That's such a good one, Rosalind. It's um it's one we all learn. Got to learn it. You know, can't uh, you really you can't experience heaven on earth. You can't make that ascension awakening if you're not willing to listen to the still small voice. Just no. It's not going to happen. And it, and it comes in all those areas that I didn't think were important. That's that mm. was, that's kind of the revelation. You know, when when it's a big subject, I've turned it over and listened. And most of the time, you know, it's hugely helpful. But I think I've been ignoring the small stuff. And how do I know where that would have led? Right. Right. And this is this is one of the learnings. Um, do you remember my story about? Um, looking for the check. Yeah, I do remember that one. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah. I recently yeah. told it again in the unbox flow of time. Um, and, yeah, if you had just uh, said, where's the check, instead of looking for where you thought it was. Yeah, yeah I could have saved literally at least 45 <laughs> minutes. And, and the stress I, of it, too. The stress of it, yeah, exactly. And... That's why, of course, Miracles is always telling us this is about saving time. Mm-hmm. Saving and now I'm time. thinking the quality of our of our lives. I mean, I just I think this this idea that my mind was telling my small mind that there are important things and there are not important things, and I'll handle the smaller things. But there I have burnt eyes because you know I thought that was a small thing and I couldn't be bothered getting off the computer to put the drops in. Yes, exactly. You know, and what I did quite literally for a couple of years was I prayed every day to be willing to listen and follow the guidance. And I asked that the guidance be so plain and so clear, I could not mistake it for anything else. Uh-huh. I would not be interested in anything else. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All important is, you know, who am I to say Holy Spirit's voice is not important? <laughs> but and to me, um, I still sometimes can see just what you're talking about, that I, I was getting the guidance, but I wasn't listening to it. Willfully not listening to uh-huh. it. Just, uh-huh. not, just not interested in it, you know. <laughs> Hearing yeah. it, but not interested in it. Yeah. And... <laughs> And do you have any idea why you weren't interested in it? 
I think I was in a, I, I mean, maybe there's a deeper reason, but I think I had this conditioning of of a belief that um, there are the important things, the important decisions, and then there are not the important decisions. You know, um, I think maybe it comes from earlier religious ideas that you bring some things to God and you don't bring the unimportant things to God or... Mm. I, I know I'm not alone in, in, in that belief that I didn't create it myself. It's a, I think it's a common belief, um, mm-hmm. but um, I want to take hold of that belief and take responsibility for it because I don't think it's gotten me anywhere. So how is taking care of your eyes not important? Well, if if I had put that together with I'm going to have really hurtful eyes, of course I would have gotten up and done it. But I thought right. I could get away with it. I thought it didn't matter if I did it now or later. You know, I, I fully intended to do it sometime, but <laughs> just not now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess um, also that pattern, that conditioning of doing what I want when I want. You know, I was into what I was doing on the computer and I didn't want to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, that that idea that I should be allowed to do what I want without yeah. interference. That's right. Yeah. And who's the I yeah, that doesn't really. want to be interfered with? Really, it doesn't exist. I mean, I don't know. It's a mm-hmm. figment of my imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's it. And I, I, um, I used to say to myself, uh, Jennifer, it's crazy. It's insanity to pray for guidance and then ignore it. Right. So either follow the guidance or stop praying for the guidance. Mm. Mm. I wasn't willing to stop praying for the guidance. Mm-hmm. So that's what really got me to start saying, oh, there it is. Oh, there mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it really is that our progress in our awakening and our shedding the layers of false identification, uh, it comes from following the guidance. It really does. Hmm. comes from wishing and desiring and, and choosing to be aligned with the holy self, which is 100% pure wisdom, 100% pure intuition and guidance. Hmm. So... When we follow even the smallest bit of guidance, we are aligning with the higher Holy Spirit self. We are shedding that ego identification and ego attachment. You know, listening to you, I'm thinking I added to trust and faith. I would like to add for me respect, respecting that voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I'm yeah. feeling now. I'm feeling much more respectful mm-hmm. of, um, that I'm I'm lucky enough to be hearing the voice now. It's not a voice I used to hear, mm-hmm. and um, and being more respectful of it, mm. and being in gratitude that I can hear it, mm-hmm. and that you know, listening to you say, you know, don't pray for it if you're not going to listen. Um, I think I'll I'll join you in that prayer. Mhm. 
Yeah, I just was not willing to stop praying mm-hmm. for clarity. Mm-hmm. Not willing. So I'm and, respecting uh, that 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 voice is the voice of Holy Spirit. Like there's where the trust and faith comes in. It's not right. just an annoying voice. It's bothering me. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and we do have to learn that that fine-tuned difference that when is the the voice, and of course it doesn't always come as a voice. For me, it rarely comes as a voice, but that that prompting that we get to um, call Nancy, yeah, to put in the eye drops, yeah, to um, go shut the window. Mm-hmm. to um, check your bank account, whatever it might be, it's helpful to us. It saves time. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, to the ego, it's like, oh, I don't want to stop what I'm doing and put in the eye drops. Uh-huh. No, that's not helpful. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but it's that these these promptings do save time. I, I can't tell you how many times I have I save huge amounts of time because of following some quirky little intuitive thought. Mm-hmm. Huge and you know, there was a time. lot of arrogance in me because I thought I was good at that until I started mm-hmm. at, good at listening until I started noticing how um, I judge the the voice first and decide if it's important or relevant to mm. what I think. So um, that that letting that arrogance go and saying, you know what, I'm not that good at it. And my eyes hurt because I'm not that good at it. So I'm mm. grateful to have had that experience to notice how often I was not listening because I really thought I was darn good at it. Mm. Mhm. Yes, I can relate. Very <laughs> much so. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so grateful for my intuition and because it just literally improves the quality of every day. Mm-hmm. And uh and the more I listen, the more I hear. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for bringing that up today. Yeah, thanks for your sharing, Rosalind. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> and we have Kristen raising her hand here. Hey, Kristen. Hi. Hi. Um, I just got to share a smallish thing, um, just something that Rosalind was saying about mm. um, kind of not thinking, you know, oh, this is important enough or um Whatever, and I think I tend to, you know, pray or ask when there's something big, like, and then not thinking of it when it's something that seems um, small. And just I had an example um, today, and it happened a couple weeks ago, too, where um, I go to a yoga class every Monday morning at 8, and it's always a little tricky to get up there on time because I've got to get my kids out the door and um, everything, and um it starts always right at 8. So, like, I usually am able to make it there totally fine on time, and I get there. There's been a couple times where I've been late and I've had to walk in, and I just, you know, I don't like doing that. Um, and there was one time 
couple weeks ago where I was really running late, and I was like, it is going to be 8.15 when I get there. And I was like, I shouldn't go, da, da, da. But then I just got in the car, and I just was like, the universe is on my side. Everything's working together for my good. It's going to be fine. And I just kept, anytime I started to worry, I said that. And then I got there, and it was like 8.10, and there was no parking. And I was like, started to kind of falter. I'm like, what? It's not working. The universe is not on my side. Um, mm-hmm. But then I did find a spot, and I was like, no, no, I'm not going to go there. It's still going to be fine. It's still good. Everything's good. And I walked in and um, at 8.15, and usually there's like eight people in the class, but there was only one other person that day, and she was brand new and had never been there, so the teacher was taking a long time to just talk to her one-on-one, and they hadn't even started yet. Um, and I was like, oh, my God. And then that same thing pretty much happened again today. It was snowy, and it was like, but I was like, no, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to ask for help. It's going to be okay. And same thing. It, they just got a super late start at 810. And I was like, both times that I actually thought to do that, it was fine, and they got a late start. And no other time that I've ever been have they ever started late. Um so it was just, I think it's a feeling of, like, I'm only allowed to ask for a certain number of things, and I don't want to use it up um, on <laughs> this. So I've got to save it, you know, this feeling of having mm. to save it and only ask if I really, really need it. Um, so I feel like that's kind of what, I, what Rosalind was saying about, you know, why do we do that or where does that come from? Um, and I don't know where that comes from. I wasn't a particularly religious person, but um, that feeling of just not asking unless you really, really need it, I guess, is in there somewhere. Yeah. Well, you know what that is, is that's the thought of limitation. Yeah. Yeah. And the thought of limita- limitation is an expression of a belief in separation when we're separate from the infinite source of all good. Well, then we have a limited amount of good, so we have to save it for special occasions. Yeah. Because there's not there's not an, an unlimited flow of good. There's just, you know, a little bit, and so <laughs> don't want to waste it on a yoga class. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a very common thought. Very common thought that that uh, there's only so much good for us, there's only so much magnificence, only so much wholeness, only so much uh, of everything. So we, we can't we can't waste it. Yeah, that that's that's a such a good realization. So what's the affirmation that um, heals that thought that there's only so much good? I mean, I guess that it's unlimited. There's unlimited good. Mm-hmm. My good is unlimited. I am open and receptive to unlimited good. I am demonstrating unlimited good. My life is a revelation of unlimited good. I am teaching unlimited good wherever I go. And uh, another one, thank you for my unlimited good. 
I'm so grateful for my unlimited good. My life is a living demonstration of unlimited good. I am grateful to demonstrate the unlimited good again today. Now and forever, my good is unlimited. I like making affirmations. <laughs> yeah, those, those all sound really good. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun to play with it um, and to really own it. And to, because look at how well doing those affirmations worked out for you. Right. And then I think I also get afraid of like, well, what if I'm asking and it doesn't happen? You know, kind of like that time where I was like asking and asking and then the parking spot wasn't there. And then I thought, oh, no, it didn't work. And so I think I'm afraid of having that, you know, like, oh, I, I put it out there. I you know, I asked for the good and the good didn't show up, but I guess that's about, you know, not being so attached to what it looks like. That's it, right there. Yeah, that's it. And see, the the lesson that we learn, because we all learn this lesson, is we learn that we we have this idea of how our good is going to show up. And if it doesn't show up that way, then that's not so good. So we get caught, we get snagged on that idea that our good needs to be the way that we can imagine it. But we have to remember that every single one of us, our imagination is actually limiting a lot of the time. Our imagination is actually not expansive, it's limited. We've all had situations in our life that were deeply painful where we thought our good needed to be a particular way. And spirits actively, in a sense, working in our life to to demonstrate, oh, no, that's not your good. Your good is over here. But you can't see that your good is over here until you give up thinking that it's over there. That's a big one. We get so, whenever we're unhappy that things aren't going the way we like, we are attached to a limited idea of our good. So we're just going to invite everyone right now to think of that. I'm going to say thank you, Kristen. That was a great, super helpful share. Really, really great. Thank you. Mhm. So for anyone who is upset and bothered by things as they are that uh feels things are not lining up for the good right now that um they have an attachment and they can see they really have a strong idea of what's good and what's not good and they're really liking uh really not liking this experience of less than good that they think they're having. Anybody who's feeling any kind of a upset or attachment that way, to just ponder, can you actually be open to the good 
open to the unlimited, unprecedented flow of good if you have a set idea of what the good is, what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it talks like, what it acts like. If we have a super limited idea, we might say, oh, this is not. This is not limited, but if we have an attachment to it, then it's quite limited. And it will cause our suffering, and don't we know it? So it's really about going back to that same basic masculine living practice of, I don't know what anything is for, Holy Spirit, take these limiting thoughts out of my mind, I'm interested in opening to unlimited, unprecedented good. Expanding my idea of good to see what's really, actually good. This is us healing our mind. Would anybody like to share an example where they're feeling attached to something? Star two to raise your hand. All right, we've got Maggie here. Hey, Maggie. Hey, Jennifer, how are you? Oh, great. Um, you know, I'm I'm still really struggling with feeling upset about the um, U.S. election, mm-hmm. and I'm finding I'm really feeling it as a it really feels like a test of my faith for me right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um. I'm just really struggling with that. I find that in my mind I keep sort of drawing these parallels to Hitler and everything and I just get afraid and um, so I'm struggling with that. Yeah, you're not alone. A lot of people are struggling. And the thing that I've learned, Maggie, that's helped me so much is to recognize that every spiritual student that I've ever met, they have the perfect curriculum for them to heal their mind, and it's right in front of them. So this is part of your curriculum. How do we know? Because it's so painful. Mm-hmm. It's a really good indicator. So we find that these strong attachments, the tremendous upsets, the ones that keep coming again and again and again and again, where you start to feel, I don't know if you've felt this, Maggie, but I used to feel like, oh, my God, I'm such a spiritual loser. How is it that I cannot clear this thought out of my mind? 
Do you, do you ever feel that? Not that exactly, but I've definitely have felt frustration at kind of like, oh, this again, you know, for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, um, more so with my relationship, although I feel like that's an area I've seen, I feel like I've had miracles in this year. So the one voice that does sound like spirit to me that I am sometimes able to hold on to during all this election upset is asking myself, you know, what can what lessons have I learned in experiencing the miracles I've experienced in my own life that I can apply to this? Yes, and it's it's an attachment, it's some belief that the ego is holding on to that's not true, it's completely false, and we cling and we cling and we cling, and uh, we judge and we judge and we judge, and we blame and, and have resentment and all these things, and until uh, it, it becomes so clear that we say, okay, I, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm not interested in this anymore. I'm really, this is not helping me. I, I'm ready to release all these attachments, all these things that bind me to the past. I'm willing to let them go. I'm willing to surrender them completely. And when we really mean it, they will be lifted off of us. And in the meantime, it becomes the impetus, the motivation, if you will, to work with our mind so that we relinquish all the traps, all the ego pitfalls. And that's how we get to that 51%. It's really that taking out the trash uh, of our mind uh, through relinquishing the judgments and the opinions. And that's the thing that truly sets us free. Uh, And I know, like I was saying before, when I was in the thick of it, oh, my gosh, it was so painful for me. It was so tiresome. It was was exhausting. It was painful. I was so, gosh, darn it, get me out of this. This cycling through the same thoughts again and again, the same upsets, the same judgment. I don't want any of this anymore. And then there it was, right there, all over again, day after day, many times a day. And so, of course, I concluded, I keep saying I don't want this, but I do. I do because I'm not letting it go. I must be desiring it, wanting it. And so that's how I got to that practice of Spirit, please take this out of my mind so I never think it again. Because I just, I, I really, I, I just couldn't stand to think about it anymore. Couldn't stand to be in the judgment anymore. You know, and I was very fortunate because I had so many areas of my life collapse all at once that it was just was relentless. It was absolutely relentless. Painful splinters in my mind, all my judgments. I unwind 
<laughs> Spirit says. And um, so that's what I committed myself to doing. And I was amazed at how much I could accomplish in a short period of time. I never thought that was possible. And that became the foundation for finding freedom and then masterful living. So am I, how do I feel about that time in my life now? So grateful. So grateful. I wouldn't have what I have to teach if I hadn't had that painful experience. And it was a couple of years. But I didn't give up. I was determined. I could feel there was a tipping point. I didn't, I didn't have someone telling me there was a tipping point, but I, I could feel it. I, I knew it was there. And I had a desire to reach it. Thank you, Maggie. Did you have anything more you'd like to add to that? Well, I guess I, you know, it's interesting because I feel like I was actually just talking to my mom before this call, and I feel like I kind of, in my own life, I kind of feel like I I hit the 51% maybe a couple months ago. Mm. and. I feel just, I just can't believe, you know, um, how many parts of my life feel so different. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in going backwards with my upset over this. Um, and I'm just trying to understand how, kind of what's mine to do with this because it I guess it just feels a little different to me when it's sort of a a national sort of thing that just seems like it's happening than when it's you know a relationship where in my immediate family with my husband you know it just feels that feels so obviously personal you know the mm. relationship with your husband versus this thing that just feels so big involving our whole country and other countries and so I I guess I'm I'm just a little bit struggling on kind of striking the balance between applying you know these principles and 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 there just also feels like this kind of practical aspect of that can we just let this happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm just kind of, you know, I'm trying to keep my peace without just sticking my head in the ground. Right. You know? Right. So. So, yeah, I'm so glad you're sharing more. So, Maggie, um, did you listen to my free class about the election? The Loving America Free one? Uh-huh. Yes. Okay, good. Um, so it's it's easy to judge uh, the politicians and the choices that they're making and what they're doing when we don't agree with it. It's very, very easy to judge and to attack. 
very tempting. They seem so far away. They're not in the next room, you know. They're not just downstairs. It seems as though they're far away and that um, uh, we can be mad and say, oh, well, what they're doing and what they're choosing is going to impact me and my life and uh, they're supposed to represent me. We We can go down that track. But what's upsetting us is our thinking about it rather than our belief. So the thing is to have that strategy to change your mind when you're feeling bothered. Having that strategy to change your mind. So there, there is the um, partnering up to get help that way. And there is the uh, full prayer, that willingness. And the number one thing, of course, in this experience is to see the candidates as the Christ that they are. They truly are that. And so seeing that in them and it's the same thing as literally it is the same thing as seeing it in our mother our sister our brother our father being able to see that Christ light in everyone no matter what and it's there for us to see and are we willing are we willing It's it's a deep practice, but if we're willing, we'll be shown. We'll find ways in to be shown. And, you know, listen, I think you're helping me realize where I think maybe my false belief on this has been, which is there's almost like this part of me that believes that if I engage with this spiritually through all the ways you're talking about, that it will preclude me doing anything in the world of form, and it may be the opposite. I mean, Mm -hmm. it may be that through seeing, you know, some of these people who kind of appear to be what seems to me hateful things, if I can see behind that, you know, I may be, I may find that by being able to see it more clearly, I, I, have more clarity on what it is that I am to do in the world. I think that's where I've been struggling is this dichotomy of like, you know, if Hitler's coming, are we just going to sit and do ohms and let them take people, you know, because I've been feeling afraid. But maybe what, maybe it's not so either or, you know, and that by doing the work and being willing, then we'll know what we do need to do. Because I know from my yes. own life, like you were saying, sometimes the thing you even think you're supposed to do is not even the thing you thought you were going to do. Like I, I'm i feeling afraid I'm going to be sitting here having to sign 10 petitions every day and it's exhausting and it doesn't even feel effective. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's, maybe that's not even the answer. And we don't even know, 
you know, what the answer is yet. Right. And maybe that's where I'm needing to have my faith, you know. Mm-hmm. And this takes us right back to where we started in the beginning of the class, that it is so harmful for us to sit in judgment of another person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and and even the system, because when we're doing that, then we're forgetting that we have this amazing God power to see only the Christ, only the light, only the good. And that power can never be taken from us. And that's the thing that we're here to do is to shine that light of love and willingness, of grace and God's goodness. So when we're allowing ourselves to be in that cyclical place of complaining and judging, it... um, it's going to manifest as pain and suffering in our life. There's no other choice for it because, you know, this is one of the most helpful things I learned is that um, 20 some, you know, 20 years ago, I I woke up to a realization that uh, many, many of us, will have spiritual temper tantrums or even spiritual depression. And there's this thought that by having a spiritual temper tantrum, we're going to get God's attention and God's finally going to help us and do something. You know, so we have to sink really low and have a temper tantrum and be really upset, really freaked out, in whatever way, shape, or form, and then God's going to help us. The other one is that if we get really sad and depressed and forlorn, that then God's going to go, oh, this, you know, God's going to do something like, oh, hell no, that is not going to happen on my watch. I'm going to intervene here. I'm not going to let her feel that way. I am going to stop this and shut this down. But you see... It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And and um, Linda was talking about uh, depression. And uh, Course in Miracles says so beautifully that when we're depressed, we're feeling that we are deprived of something that we want. And it says no one can deprive us but ourselves. And the fact is is that many of these things happen to us unconsciously and then there's the temptation to judge but all that judgment does is distance us from the love so why judge thank you Maggie is that is that helpful do you have more clarity about how to hold the election in your mind? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's really about energizing what what is it you'd like and to absolutely know that this is unfolding. 
So for me personally, I um, I would not like to have the appearance that seems to be coming to us uh, with uh, Donald Trump as our president, the appearance of um, his cabinet picks and the, the, him tweeting out uh, things that aren't true on what seems like a daily basis uh, and things that are hurtful and judgmental and not true about other people. I'd, I'd rather, much rather have a president who's elegant and honest and thoughtful and um, very different qualities than Mr. Trump. However, I know that all things work together for good. There are no exceptions. And so for some way, as God would have it, um, Trump is the ideal president for us in America and um, will bring forth exactly what will lead us to glory and greater glory. It may seem unfathomable, but the pendulum swings and it swings and it swings. And so our job is to hold in our mind that everything is working together for our good. There are no exceptions. And to see the Christ light in our brother at all times. And that's the only path of healing and happiness that we have. Uh, because whatever we see in others, we will see in ourselves. Because that's how it works in this world. Well, any, any other final thoughts there, Maggie? I have my work cut out for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know... Um, I, you know, as I've indicated, I have my thoughts about the president-elect, and um, one of my thoughts about the president-elect that is the dominant thought is, really, he is my brother, and I love him so much, and I do see the Christ in him, and I'm I'm looking forward to everyone seeing that in him, including himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's my salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Maggie. Thanks, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful class. Thanks to everyone who shared. And I'm going to pray us out to play a song. I am wishing everyone a wonderful uh, holiday season, whatever you're doing, uh, however you're um, experiencing the holidays, and to take this teaching of responsibility and to bring it into your holidays and to recognize that our freedom comes from 
the taking of their responsibility and that uh, this is our great opportunity to see and know the holiness that is omnipresent and it's a great opportunity for us to really live the love and walk the talk and um, to move to that higher ground uh, that higher ground that high road and uh, to be that loving loving presence and um, yeah, you know, I'm going to play this beautiful song um, that was written by Prince and performed by Martika. It's a favorite of mine. It's called Love Thy Will Be Done. I'm going to pray, pray and then play that song. So I invite you to place your hand on your heart and take this breath of love and gratitude with me as we bless ourselves and we bless our families. We're grateful and thankful to open our hearts and minds to the very highest possibility of love. We're willing to experience profound, unprecedented, healing, transformative love, active in our heart, in our mind, renewing us now. We are truly grateful and truly thankful to open ourselves to this unprecedented healing, this dynamic field of joy. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, again, I love you. I wish you the very best of, for your holidays. And the song is Love Thy Will Be Done, written by Prince and performed by Martika. <laughs>